We're either hot or we're not. It's the buds coming here to talk to you about the maple leafs, the buds, the beauties, the boys. And you know what? We're here to break down a couple of games here against the Calgary Flames. And, um, you know, there's some good and some bad, as the name would suggest. But um, ultimately, we're going to break down those two games. One win, one loss. So, I mean, you split the two against Calgary. But ultimately, with the way they've been playing, it leaves you wanting more. But we're also going to be diving into our midseason player awards. So we'll we'll go through each of the, the more subjective trophies and, and kind of choose who we think might get the, those awards uh, at this point in the season. Um, and then obviously we'll jump into our buds or duds. But we're going to be starting off with our game first game against Calgary. It's the St. Pat's against the Calgary Flames. And, uh, I mean, this one was rough. This one left me really pissed off. I don't know about you, Kian. Like, the weird thing is, like, I've gotten to a point where the Leafs have played so shit with this new St. Pat's jersey that I almost just want them to just start wearing the old one. If they modernized the old one, it would actually be a sick It, it really would. And, like, I... I, I, I I don't know whether this is actually factual or not, but it seems like every game we've played with the new St. Pat's jersey has been a hot garbage game. I mean, I think we have like one good one. So that's like what one in we're like one in five with that jersey. It might be more because we've been playing two per year. Yeah, so like that's real bad, and I and I know we're one and zero oh with the old school one. So let's just go back to the old school, and like next year we'll figure it out. You know, it's fine. <laughs> But you know, but this, I was definitely really pissed after that last game. You know, we're gonna start in the first period, and this game just started off on a sour note because Matthew Kachuk scored. Ugh. Ugh. That's like the last person you want to score. And then on top of that, the goal goes in off of the hip of Travis Dermott, who was just our dud, and he's you know, and you then you start your next week like that. I mean, it's it's a rough spot to be in because he's in a tough couple of weeks. It's not been good. No. And, and it's been like the worst couple of weeks of his career so far. Anybody who's played hockey, especially on defense, you have a, a unique relationship with your goalie there. And nine times out of ten, your goalie will tell you the same thing, which is either block the shot or get the fuck out the way. And we've been seeing this a lot lately where Leafs players seem to be stuck somewhere in the middle where they're trying to block shots that they have no business blocking and end up deflecting it into their own net. Well, we talked about this with Matthews last week. Like, why exactly, are you kicking exact, your foot out? Exact same <laughs> thing. Exact same thing, except this time it was Dermot. Well, like, okay, so, like, uh, I don't disagree with you at all. Like, our defense needs to do a better job of actually blocking shots and not getting in the way. But at the same time, as someone who, like, I regularly come to the defense of Freddie Anderson... He was brutal last night. Well, no. And on well, that on that goal, yes, you can say that it's not his fault because it was a random flexion right in front of him. But if he was half a foot forward and taking down the angle by half a foot, he makes that save. It goes off his blocker and it's out. So, like, position... I don't know whether he's injured or something, but, like, 
He, well, he, he is. is. He is. He very, came out and admitted he is. He's he's very tentative as far as coming out to challenge the shooter, and then when you don't challenge a shooter, you've just a lot more net to shoot at. And when you're playing in the NHL, when you have traffic in front and all the other stuff that plays into it. If you give people something to shoot at, they're going to shoot at it. And if you can't see it, you're not going to stop it. So if you're injured, fucking stop playing. But, like, if you're going to be in the net, you need to do a better job of challenging the play. Absolutely. And, and look, the I I would argue that I'm one of the biggest Freddy supporters in Leafs Nation. I would. I would agree with that. I, I, own, I own his jersey. I, I've been touting this guy for years, saying that he would be one of the best Leafs goalies ever. And this game hurt. This hurt because this was one of the games where I could not jump to the defense of Freddie Anderson. I couldn't. There was nothing I could say that would defend the way that Freddie Anderson played. And sure, you can say that the first goal went off Travis Dermott. That's fine. But then the second goal coming very shortly after. And then the third goal... All in one period. Sorry, but three goals in one period is unacceptable. It's actually the first time all season we will let three goals in in the first period. And and you know what? It, it I think he had, he let in two goals on four shots rather than two goals on three shots. So like that's a minor step above Michael Hutchinson. I mean, they just the goals as much as they weren't good goals let in, they weren't as bad as the goals that Hutch let yeah, in. Yeah, Hutch the real. ones Hutch. Let's be real. Like we 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 like Hutch um, Freddie did not play good, but he's not as bad as Hutch. <laughs> no. I mean, if you're taking it just from a statistical point of view, it's not much better than Hutchinson, but if you actually watch the games, the ones that Hutch let in were house league level goals. Oh man, I like I, we, me and you have never played goal in our lives. Could have saved those shots. Yeah, like they were routine saves. But ultimately, and if this was coming from me, one of the biggest Freddie supporters ever, then it, it's got to be true. But Freddie needs to be better. The simple that fact, was not a good game. The simple fact is, if Freddie does not realize that, like if if Campbell's genuinely healthy now. And now just put up another shutout. So now back to back shutouts. He's undefeated this season four and four and zero. Oh. If you think that you're comfortable in your position being in UFA, then you've got another thing coming. Like I, I've never like up until this point of the season, I've never been one to kind of jump on the goalie controversy in Toronto type of thing. But with the recent play of Anderson, the fact that he's a UFA at the end of the year, and then the fact that Jack has come back healthy, and every time he's come back, he posts a shutout, that seems like a goalie controversy to me. You're talking about a guy who's got another year in his contract, has never really gotten an opportunity as a starter. And at this point, I don't know how you don't play Campbell next game. Oh, of course they're playing Campbell next. Like game. they don't play again until Thursday against Ottawa. But, but Campbell's like, playing Campbell, next game. Yeah, but Campbell has sure. to play that game. Yeah. For sure. Like how how can you how can you how how can you com- like, how how can you just do that? How can you just decide to put Freddie back in the net now after what Campbell just did? You can't. You don't. It doesn't make sense. Like if they do, the weird thing is I wouldn't be that surprised if they did. But like it I that seems like to me that seems like a slap in the face of Jack Campbell. Like, I get you want to have the backup as starter, like, definitive positions, but the man just posted back-to-back shutouts after being out for injury for a buck down a time and beat a team that just lit up your, your starter. Give the guy the net. 
Let's see what he can do. Give him the net until the next back to back. Yeah. That then because give... if it, like you need at this point you need to send the message to Freddie that you're not comfortable here anymore. Because I think at this point this like where he is and it it almost seems like he's too comfortable. Like he's impenetrable and not from pucks but from management. <laughs> because he's clearly very penetrable from Pucks for late lately. And I have him in fantasy. Like, I have full belief in Freddy. But the fact that, like, he has lost me weeks in fantasy all by himself. And that, we, like, we just can't have that. And the fact that I've also gotten lucky and picked up Hutchison got a shutout, picked up Campbell tonight got a shutout, and I've had Freddy all year and haven't got a shutout. What does that tell you? It's not a good look. There's four shutouts for the Maple Leafs this year, and none of them are by the starter. That's an issue. That's an issue. So, like, that game last night was an absolute tire fire. The Leafs played well, but also, like, they need to fucking hit the well, net. Well, also, defensively, they were not very good. And also, the... I mean, they only allowed 19 shots, though. Well, well, the other thing is that the refing was just so bad. Like, Hall gets cross-checked, which ultimately leads to a goal. Oh, well, refing is a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that because we got plenty to touch oh, on for, for tonight's game. But like, We fucking won the game tonight, and I'm still rattled Ultimately, like, you know, after the second period, you know, Freddie had let in, what, what was it, Four goals on fourteen shots. That can't happen. And it's not good enough. That's no, it's not. It's you're getting not. paid five million a year. You're supposed to be a star in the NHL. You're supposed to be a top ten goalie in the NHL, and that is unacceptable. The other thing I noticed was a big issue on the power play. Well, that's still an issue tonight. Yeah. Too. Well, especially because they, you know, it feels like Matthews is just trying to be Ovi. He's yeah. trying too hard to be Ovi. And, like, I get it. You want to be the one of the best goal scorers ever? I get it. And so, you obviously, you're going to copy one of the best goal scorers ever. But, man, is it ever predictable. Everybody in the fucking world knew that they were going to pass in Matthews for a one-timer, and he kept either missing the net or there was a stick blocking it or there was a, a body blocking it. And guess what? People understand what you're doing because all you're doing is feeding it to Matthews for a one-timer. And and sorry, but Matthews, you're unreal, but you're not there yet. You're not at the level. His one-timer is not OV accurate. You're not at the level where you can be OV and just casually, like, just chill on the power play. And that whole, the whole power play, just hang out in that one section. I know, I know. Did you see? I did see. (laughs) There was a clip earlier this week of Obi just literally standing like up straight, just chilling top of the circle, not moving a muscle, waiting for a fucking. Well, there's a reason Obi does that because he knows that nobody's going to stop him if he gets that pass, which is fucked, which is so fucked. Matthews, I'm sorry. I love you, man. You're an unreal goal scorer, but you're not there yet. But it's not even that he's not there yet. It's like with his one timer, he's not. But, but that's the thing is like Matthews is an incredible goal scorer without a one timer. So why does he not ever like he like if you well, look at the last hold on let me finish 
if you look at the last month, he, as far as his, well, I know he was injured for a chunk of it, but our power play has been struggling because Matthews has not been playing to his strengths. Like, when's the last time we saw a patented Matthews wrist shot, snapshot, snipe? That is what he's known for. But every single time is like, let's feed him for a one-timer. Let's feed him for a one-timer. And he fucking hits the post every time. But you know that if he didn't take, a, if he took an extra millisecond there, cocked it up for a wrist shot or snapshot, that's going top cheddar every fucking time. And that's my point. Is that the reason why that works for Ovechkin is because that is Ovechkin's game. Has always been his game. His clapper, his 1T, that's what he does. That's what Stamkos does. Like, if you look at those guys, their 1T has literally always been part of their game, where the 1T is something that Matthews is trying to add to his game. And it's great that you're trying to add to that element. That's great. But you can't try to do it every fucking time the puck comes to you. Especially, you still need to sit on your strengths. Especially because they did, they tried to do it like four times in one game. Yeah, like why wouldn't you just like give it to him, let him fucking go for a rip? But like that's the thing. By the, by the fourth time, like everybody watching the game knew you were going for that. And I'm sorry, but if everybody knows you're going for that's, that play, then it's easy to defend that play. And and you just can't have that happen. So as much as I love Matthews, and I think this is a huge growing opportunity for him, where you know he, he's got the snapshot, he's got the hands, he's, he seems to have the full package, and he's trying to add the one timer to his game. But you know maybe you shouldn't force the one timer into your game like they were. And, and that's the thing you yeah. can tell that all his all his teammates on the power play are just feeding him that that one timer. Maybe you need to try something new. Like I get you want to add it. If that's great, like that's great. If you want to add it, do it. But at the same time, you can't do it at the expense of an entire power play. Like he, he just gotta realize that there's nothing wrong with you trying to evolve your game and, and add elements to it. But that doesn't mean you should be pulling away from what made you successful in the first place. Yeah, when's the last time you saw like a patented? Well, that's what I was just saying, bro. Like Matthew yeah. Snap. Like it's been it's been a month or more. And sure, you can attribute some of that to his wrist issues, but he seems to have recovered from that by now. So at this point, it's like, why aren't we seeing that anymore? But it's because he keeps going for fucking one timers every time and just hitting the post. Like he's had wide open nets. The last, like, three games and has just ripped it off the fucking post or missed the net. You know what? Our, our dad actually pointed this out perfectly. Peter Hopkins, for, you know, our avid listeners. Was that all, all? a lot of the Leafs and a lot of hockey players in general in this day and age are trying to make their shots too fine. And I get that because when you're going against an NHL goalie, it has to be too fine. It has to look like it's either going to miss or it's going bar down. Because if you're not going for a corner, then the goalie's going to save it. If the goalie can see it. Yes. But here's the thing. With Matthews, he ha- and tonight especially, but we'll, we'll get to that a little more. But he had an open net and he hit a post again where it's like you just need to hit the middle of the net. Like, he had a wide open net. Like, you could have hit the middle bar, and it would have been in. But he tried to go top Chad and hit the post. And that's been a problem across the team over the last two games. Like, last game, 
the Leafs had 34 shots, something like that. They had 64 shot attempts. And and while the Calgary Flames had 20 shot blocks, that means they still had almost 20 missed shots where they just missed the net. Which would be more shots than the Calgary Flames got all game. They missed the net more than the Calgary Flames hit our nets all game. Think about that for a second. You're not even forcing our their goalie to make a save. Like, sometimes you just got to put the puck on net and hope for the best. It doesn't have to be a picture-perfect shot every time. You don't have to try and score with every shot. Sometimes you got to shoot for a rebound. And it seems sometimes that the Leafs never do that. Like, when's the last time we saw the Leafs score off of a rebound? Well... I don't know when it was, but I can already tell you it was Zach Hyman. No, it was probably the William Nylander scramble goal against uh, the Jets. Don't care. Still Zach Hyman. <laughs> <laughs> but still, like it, it, okay. it's like the, every time the Leafs go for a shot, it seems like they're trying to pick a corner, right. trying to snipe Shedder. And it's like sometimes you just need to fucking hit the net. Well, well, here's another thing. After those two brutal goals against... Then it takes Jason Spezza to score with an assist from Mo Riley and Wayne Simmons, who, thank Christ, is back in the lineup. And, and that's what you love. You know, first first game back, first shift, first, well, not first shift, but first period back, Wayne Simmons is already on the score sheet. And, and you know, it just shows what this guy can do. But it really shouldn't take your fourth line stepping up to get you back in the game after giving up two weak goals. And then, not to mention, you give up another one after that, so all of a sudden it's 3-1 in the first. And then you, it takes Kerfoot scoring, who honestly has been really good lately. All right, I have, I have a couple of things on that. So first of all, like, yes, I agree. It sucks that our fourth line has to be when it comes through. But on the flip side of that, it's great that our fourth and third lines are coming through. Because... When it comes to playoffs, 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 that's who we're going to need to come through. And on a secondary note, Frederick Anderson, who we were just chirping hard, officially listed as out lower body injury. Oh, shit. Just got the notification from uh, Fantasy. Well, he was, he said so he looks was, like Jacko's got the net. Look, he, he said he was injured before this game even happened. And and all that ran through my head, it's like, why are you playing? All that ran through my head is like, why the fuck have we not given Joseph Wall a shot when we keep playing Michael Hutchison in that? <laughs> right? Give, <laughs> give Joseph Wall at least one game. See what he can do. Give him a period. At least something. <laughs> like, give the kid a give shot. Give the dog a bone. Like, fuck, we keep putting this fucking tire fire Michael Hutchison who, like, oh, everyone's like, oh, he had the first good three games. That was because the Leafs played fantastic. He didn't have to make any difficult saves in those fucking games. Like, as soon as he got tested, he fucking let in beach balls. Like, you look at the game against Otto, we let the Tim Suits the goal from the fucking goal line. Next game he plays, oh. that's another goal from the goal line. Like, he's just not a good goalie. And I'm sorry, but I don't know whether it has to do with the fact that he's a southpaw or something, but, like, there's a reason why there's not that many southpaw goalies in the league. It just doesn't work that well. Because everybody gets accustomed to shooting on a, a left catcher goalie. 
Yeah, but also people love to score on a goalie's glove, but you also know that it's easier to score a blocker side. Okay. Well, moving on to the second period, where at least Mitch Marner scored. At least. <laughs> That's about all you could say. Honestly, like... <sighs> but then Mark Giordano lets an absolute bomb go. That hurt. That that was the nail in the coffin. I don't know. Like last night's game, just 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 it, it rattled me to my core. I was so mad about what was going on last night because, like, it there were like the the, the things, the mistakes that were happening were just such easy fixes, just little decisions. And then just continuously fail to make them. And I think the power play is the best example of that. Or they're just trying to force things. Or not moving enough. Or not fucking hitting the net. Like, it's just little things that you fucking learn in House League. That our $11 million a night players are not fucking doing. And it breaks my heart. Well, here's the other thing. It's like... We had a lot of prime time scoring opportunities in this game. We at the end of the second period, Dara. At the end of the second period, we were up eight nothing, eight nothing in high danger scoring chances. At the end of the second period, and we were down three one. I I know that our, our listeners can't see this, but I'm just showing Kian a, a map of our scoring opportunities for the whole game, and a huge cluster of it is right in the slot. Right where you want to get your shots off. And how many of those actually fucking missed the net? Well, it doesn't give me that much I know. detail. But so. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if it's half of them. But other than that cluster, you're seeing all... Like, there was a shot from the fucking goal line, like, on the boards. What the fuck? Like, that should not be a shot, but it is. And then there's a few from the top of the circle. I know exactly when that shot happened. That was uh, when the goalie was pulled. They were just trying to throw it at the net when there's no time left. Jake Muzzin with the shot on goal. Hmm. Uh, That was not. It was actually in the second period. Well, then I don't know. Yeah, that's just a weird fucking shot. Anyway, when you're getting this many shots from, like, the, the prime time scoring area and nothing's going for you, it could be because you have 29 block shots. Against you. 29. Holy shit. No. That's a high number. I don't care how high the number is. That's not an excuse. I know it's not an excuse. I mean, you shouldn't be putting yourself in a position to get blocked. But what you were just showing me in high danger scoring chances are all confirmed shots. Which means you had that many opportunities that didn't get blocked that you didn't capitalize on. So those blocks don't actually factor into those numbers at all. And then you take in the fact that they missed 30 plus shots. So you take all those high danger shots they didn't, they didn't score on. And then all the shots they missed altogether. They should have had 8, or 10, eight to 10 goals last night. And they had fucking three. They were just not good enough. It was a frustrating. Now, should we have won that game? Probably, because we, if we had league average goaltending that game, we win. But the simple fact is, we didn't. But if our 
offense and our players had actually just fucking hit the net, we probably wouldn't have won that game anyways. We would have outscored our problems like we should do and bail out, of our, bail out our goalie sometimes. Like, how many times this season have we, can we confidently say that our offense has, like, bailed out our goalies? Like, we are supposed to be this, like, offensive juggernaut in the league. And yes, Freddie's got to be better. I'm not disputing that at all. But sometimes you've got to fucking carry the guy when he's not having a good game. And we haven't been able to do that that much this year for Freddie. True. I, you can't, we cannot have games where we're missing 30-plus shots a game. That is unacceptable. You guys get paid millions of dollars to play the fucking game of hockey. At least fucking hit the net. The net has not changed in size in a hundred years. Not to mention you can't allow 30 block shots in a game. You just can't let that happen. Ever. Ever. That's an, ins- that's an entire game's worth of shots blocked. Well, we know at least three of those were Mitchie just shooting the shin pads on the fucking point. Well, he had no business being there in the first place. Yeah, well, that's a whole other fucking story. Well, should we get into it or what? <laughs> we could. But I also think we should probably just shift into the, the happier side of this fucking episode and talk about the good game, not the shitty game. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know what? That was a tough, tough game. We, we've already ripped that first game to shreds. We don't need to rip Mitchie into fucking... Into he scored. He scored. So we'll let... We'll, <laughs> he gets a pass. Yeah, we'll give him a pass onto the positive game. Uh, onto the positive game. Jack Campbell's back. And he got a fucking shutout. What a fucking beauty. Certified beautician. Lovely guy. Also, I gotta say, Alex Galchenyuk, really, Chucky. I really liked his game. For all, for all those who don't know, you know, Galchenyuk's new nickname is Chucky. Uh, yeah, certified by us, we called it. Certified by the Bods? A certified Bod nickname. It's Chucky. Chucky. Because we felt like Galch was just not good enough. It sounded a little bit too like, like Gooch. And, uh... That's not what you want. No. So Chucky, it is. And so Chucky, I liked his game. He he he. Like I said this to you during the game that he when he's skating, he he actually is very similar to William Nylander. Like their their skating styles are very similar. The way they carry the puck, the way they play the game, are very similar. Although I would say that while Galchenyuk is a little grittier, uh, Nylander's a little more creative. But they they do remind me of each other, and I think that's why it works. Well, I think the Leafs handled Alex Galchenyuk perfectly by first, you know, sending him to the minors, where it's like, dude, when's the last time you even played? Like that. That's first of all. Second of all, you've been bouncing around from team to team because clearly they don't like what they're seeing. So the Leafs decided. Hey, we're not going to put him in the lineup right away like every Leaf fan was asking for. And yes, if that was you, you know it was you. <laughs> yeah, I thought about it. For we all thought about we it. All thought we're about all guilty it. of it. But the Leafs decided it was a better option to put him in the AHL for like the first time in his career. Well, yeah. For, considering and, he joined the league as a 19-year-old, he never played in the... And he came from the OHL. He never played in the AHL. So put him in the... You know, you're still in the pros, but you're you're just in the minors, and uh, see how he does. And he lit it up. Eight points in six games. 
That's that's what you want to see out of a, a third overall pick in the AHL. Comparable numbers to uh, his line mate, William Nylander, in the AHL. Who also had a brief stint. Very brief. Uh, he, played, he played like a season and a half. Well, not I guess not as brief. But um, anyway, now they're line mates. So he gets brought from the AHL right onto a line with John Tavares and William Nylander. And I think there's... Fuck, there's no better opportunity than that. Those are the best two players he's played with in his entire career. Absolutely. Like, And it's, what's crazy about that is that he played in Montreal where he had no support. He was by himself. He was on a fucking island. And they ruined him. And then, But then they traded him to Arizona for Max Domi. And in Arizona, he had, again, no one to play with. There was no one there. And then he got traded to, to Pittsburgh for Phil. But then Pittsburgh put him on the third line. To play with fucking no one, like he's a top six. He's a top six guy. You have Malkin and Crosby there, and your wing. You've literally complained about not having a top six wingers for all these time, and they never put him with the two big boys. Truth. So like he didn't have a chance there, and I don't even know where he. Had, oh, he ended up in Ottawa, and I don't know what the fuck happened in Ottawa. They were dude. Nobody knows what was happening. But they in they put him on the fourth line. He ended up getting scratched and waved and all that other shit. So like. Like the the opportunity he's getting right now. Don't is forget, the, he went to to Carolina. Did he really? Uh, didn't play there, but got traded there, and then the Leafs traded for him right. before he played a game for right. Carolina. Right? Holy shit! I forgot about. He's that. been bouncing all bouncing over like a the fucking place. Ping pong ball, but like the simple fact is, like the Leafs. You're, you're totally right in saying the Leafs did the right thing in being the first team. In his in his career to be patient with him, not saying we're not going to give you an opportunity, but to say prove it exactly. So it's like, hey, go to the Marlies, chill out for a sec, prove that you're better than that that level of player, which he did. Eight points in six games. Yeah, that's nothing to shake a fucking stick at. Like that, that's, that's an NHL player. <laughs> that's solid. Very very solid. That's proving you're a top six player. And then move in. Here's an opportunity. And as much as last night didn't go well, he I had, stood out. And and he might have been minus two last night, but I would not have blamed either of those goals on him. And I noticed him in a good way last game. And tonight, notice him even more in a good way. Uh, I, I like his tenacity. I like the skill he brings. He's got a good speed set. And I think him and Nylander have some building chemistry there as well. So I'm a fan of it. And the the crazy thing that a lot of people are not realizing is that if Galchenyuk works out, if he ends up being the top six guy we've been looking for all season, that means we don't have to trade an asset to bring in a top six player, which means we can focus on bringing another defenseman to bolster that side, and that makes us better overall. That's what I hope. That's what I hope. Because I have liked what I've seen from Alex Ketchenyuk so far. As and have I. I was saying this, I said this the other day. It, there would be nothing better than playing the Habs in the first round and then having Alex Ketchenyuk score a series clinching goal in overtime against them. It would be the, tell me that wouldn't be the best thing ever. The guy they picked third overall over Morgan Riley. Ha. <laughs> Scoring the OT winner to eliminate them. It would be the fucking best storyline of all time. It'd be amazing. It'd be amazing. Okay, but... Can That's we, my dream. Can we focus on the first period here and that disgusting 
Jason Spezza snipe. Oh my god! What Holy fucking shit! You know that guy. Like it's true what they say that like it's a young man's game and the legs go away. But I'm sorry, but the, the hands and the, the hands shot and the don't. skill never go away. They're still there. And this man just fucking walks in, nothing to shoot at, and just bing top fucking cheddar. That was a gross like, shot. What a fucking goal! Oh man, it's a hundred. I mean, like, what what more can you ask from the guy? Nothing. Like I like I said to you during the game, I was like, I was I'm worried. I'm like, are we gonna have to actually pay Jason Spezza? <laughs> yeah, are we gonna have to go pay him more than league minimum? Because <laughs> he's playing like he deserves more than the league minimum. Holy shit! But my God, what an! I mean, I'm happy to pay him a million. <laughs> Man, I, I love this guy. He's great. He's great. I, I never thought I would ever say that in my life because of the the Senators' years. But I love Jason Spezza. I'm I'm totally with you. That I it, love. It, I love this. Man. It feels so weird to say. It's it it, it, it kinda, like it like almost burns my insides it, 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 to it, say. It's like curdling milk in my stomach. <laughs> Exactly. It's you, feel like, like, you feel uncomfortable saying it, but you totally believe it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like, well, especially, especially because he made his agent say that if he, anybody claims him off waivers, he's retiring. He just, I love it. You just know that he's like a true Toronto boy. And he just wants to retire a Maple Leaf. He understands. It makes you wonder what was going through his mind during the actual Battle of Ontario. <laughs> Well, like, uh, but that's different, though. He's early in his career. He's trying to still establish himself and whatever and trying to win a cup and realizing he was on a good team. Like, But, like, you know that like, when you get to the end of your career, you start reminiscing about the past, and you know he starts thinking back to, like, I grew up a Leaf fan. I grew up in Toronto. I grew up loving this team, and I want to finish my career there if there's an opportunity. And that's what the Leafs gave him. The Leafs gave him an opportunity last season. And if you want to, if he wants to finish his career here, I will re-sign him every year until he's done. I will give him a one-year deal every year until he decides to hang him up. Based off of what he's contributed to this team, the face-off, every the, penny. <laughs> the, face, the, the penalty kill face-offs, the face-offs in the defensive end, the, the snipes, the, the fantastic snipes and ridiculous highlight reel goals that we get from him once in a while. He had a hat trick. He had a fucking hat trick this year. <laughs> like the guy's got almost he's got double-digit goals playing fucking four minutes a night. But the guy is just everything you could ever want from a man who's making seven hundred fifty grand at thirty-seven years old. And compare I, that to Jimmy VC, oh, who's making the same. Oh, he was making a million. He was was he? Yeah. Jesus, that makes me uh, good. Good riddance. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> oh, we watched him fucking uh, uh, just eat shit in the fucking uh, shootout tonight oh, too man. against the Habs. <laughs> good luck in Vancouver, man, because you're just not good. But, like, I don't want to throw shade at Jimmy V's. It's not even that he wasn't good. We said it before. He's just a guy. You're just an average age uh, NHL player. You're not You're not Martin Marinson. Where we don't, he's not saying we No, don't, he's just whatever. We're not saying he doesn't belong in the league. We just, like, he's just a dude. He's just not a noticeable player that's ticking you up or down. He's just there. He's a fucking place filler. Yep. Facts. Like I would like if I if I had much if I had my choice between Josh Levo and Jimmy Vc, I'm okay. taking Josh Levo every day of the week. 
But how about that second period goal from Zach Hyman, assisted from John Tavares, and our boy, Chucky? I gotta give all the credit in the world to fucking Morgan Riley. Go on. Morgan Riley caught up to that play, drove as soon as the puck crossed the line, drove the net, got interfered with, and knocked into the fucking corner, and ended up taking out two defensemen to give Hyman all the fucking time in the universe to go around the net and just to snipe on a fucking I don't know what the hell David Bridges was doing there because literally Hyman shot in the middle of the puck and like you don't know if you saw the replay but like Bridges lifts his leg and the puck goes underneath it I was like what were you doing with your leg halfway up the fucking net there dude? you, you want to see something fucked I know you I, I, I showed you the scoring chart from last game Here's the one from tonight. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> They're coming like, from everywhere. Like we should have we should have won last game based off the scoring. Like based off of all the analytical data, we should have won last game, and Freddie let us down. Well, here's the thing. It shows you that analytics only means so much. If you, you won't really know what happened. Well, people have been saying for years that you can only take analytics so far. The eye test will never go away in hockey because it's different than every other game. Yeah. Like where, like if you look at something like baseball, which is where analytics really made its like first true emergence, Moneyball, right? Like baseball is a truly analytical game. Everything is numbers. Like it's a play-by-play type of game, and I think like football is very similar in that well, aspect of that. Like it's it's a play-by-play game where analytics are going to play a big factor. It's where, the American effect. Yeah. But then you look at hockey and basketball, it was like, yeah, sure. Percentages and analytics play a factor. But you need to watch the game to truly know what the fuck's going on. You need to get the Kyle Lowry effect. Where, how many charges is that man taking a game that are never reflected on the stat sheet? Exactly. It's the same thing in hockey where it comes to the defensive plays. Where if a defenseman makes a great play, an outlet pass, or... Or, uh, you know, makes a smart play to calm down a play to prevent a, a, an offensive scoring chance where, you know, they just are calm with the puck and make the right play. That's, there's no way to track that. Like, he's not blocking a shot. He's not getting a shot on net. He's You're just doing the right thing. Doing the right things at the right time that would never be reflected on the on the statue, which is kind of like what we love about TJ Brody this whole season. To be honest, yeah, absolutely. He does. He's the Kyle Lowry of the Maple Leaf. But the last thing I want to say on the the game tonight before we hop into our midseason rewards is the fact that 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 stack the pad save on the PK from Jack. Oh, that was vintage. Vintage like, beauty. Like I might be crazy here, but as soon as I saw that save, the first thing that came to mind with me, that guy just reminded me of Curtis Joseph. And as far as my lifetime is concerned, if you can relate yourself to Maple Leafs Curtis Joseph, you are in legendary territory. I was going to say that, or it's Dominic Hasek, or Marty Broder. Yeah, but like I'm, but, tra- I'm, I'm, I'm trying to put it in leaf perspective, fair. not league perspective. Fair. And like, if you think about a leaf perspective, in our lifetime, like the best goalies we've had are Felix Poffin, Kudrysh Torres Joseph, and Eddie Bell, Ed Belfort. And you know what? I'm going to give a shout out to Johnny Bauer and my uh, and uh, Mike Palmatier. 
But they weren't in our life. I'm saying in our lifetime. Like, oh, what okay. we actually got to witness. In Leafs in history. Our, yeah. But I'm saying what we've got to witness lot. in our lifetime. But we did get to witness Mike Palmatier, though. True, yeah. But that was that was like 70, 70 years like old. He, bro- <laughs> he like broke a hip. <laughs> he fucking almost died making a save in a shootout. But the simple fact is he reminded me of Curtis Joseph in that save. And just like the, the fact that he was making every effort to make a save and being positionally sound otherwise. And I just had a big appreciation for that overall. But before we get into our buds or duds, let's get into our mid-season rewards. So, Dara, at the mid-season point, because we're just past that for most teams, who would you have for the Hurt Trophy? I mean, isn't it obvious? I mean, it should be. But it's most, con- it's the fact Mc- that there's a debate is kind of crazy to me. It's Connor McDavid. It's not close. It's not. And I love Austin Matthews, but... But I don't even, honestly, the crazy thing is I don't even think Austin Matthews is the second. And no, Patty Kane's the second. Yeah, easily. Like I, I'm not like I know there's gonna be Blackhawks fans who listen to this, and I, what Patrick Kane has done this year is astounding. He is carrying that team that should have been hot garbage this year, and the fact that you guys are even close to the playoffs right now is ridiculous. And I think in a normal season. Where McDavid's not going off, he probably wins. But the fact that McDavid is on po- on pace for 150 points over an 82-game season, I'm sorry, but you cannot overlook that. No. He's on pace for 98 points right now in a 56-game season. Like, that is a ridiculous total. I don't know how you can give it to anyone else. It would just seem like a travesty. Yeah, I, I mean, but if there ever was a runner-up, it's Patty Kane. Oh, yeah, Patty Kane would be number two all day. All day. But I'm sorry, but I, there's no chance I can take that away from Conor McDavid. Kid, kid deserves it. He's just been absolutely ridiculous. He's, right right now, he's got 58 points in 33 games. 20 goals, 38 assists. He's second in goals, first in assists, first in points. Like, He's got 131 shots. He's shooting at 15%. He's got six game-winning goals. Like, what the fuck more do you want from the guy? Like, he's just been absolutely ridiculous. So, heart, easy, McDavid. Yeah. Can't, I can't disagree with you there. Uh, how about the Rocket Richard trophy? Obviously, this goes off total goals, so it's up in the air. But I think Matthews is going to win it. I think Matthews figures it out and and and, and holds it holds it at the end, but McDavid's gonna give him a run. Absolutely, Eli, I mean he's only got one goal up on McDavid. He's he's got also three games at hand. It's <laughs> but true. It does, that doesn't affect the actual total. So with the amount of posts he hit tonight, oh my god, he should have a hat trick. Oh my god, like the 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 set. The crazy thing is though is that Matthews, if he wants to win the Rocket this year, is gonna have to score a couple of hatties. Because you know McDavid's going to do that as we run through the end here, and he's already got one or two this season. So, like, for whatever reason, Matthews has a really hard time scoring Hatties. He's got, like, a fucking hundred two-goal games, but he's only got two Hatties. So if he wants to get that trophy, if he wants to stop McDavid from taking it from him, because that's who's his biggest competition right now, he's got to score some Hatties. Yeah. Yeah, but how about how about the Selkie best defensive forward in this league? Well, I th- I think there's only two players up for it, and it's either Barkov or Bergeron. I mean, Bergeron's always in the running. I don't think Bergeron has an opportunity at it because he's missed too much time this year. I think it's Barkov, hands down, not close. Well, 
he was my first choice. So <laughs> like, I, if you look at what Barkov's done this year, he's got a really, really solid point total. But then at the same time, he's got a really phenomenal plus minus, and that Panthers team that everyone kind of counted out because of how bad their goaltending was last year has just been rolling all year long. Well, I'll tell you what. You know who has more points and a better plus minus than Barkov is Mitch Marner. True, but I think that's that's actually a subject that leaves just manager to score more goals. Yeah. Uh, well, here's the thing. I, I think Mitch has a lot to improve on defensively. Yeah, and that's my point. It's like I think I think realistically, I actually go- think Matthews has been a lot better defensively. Agreed. Than, Agreed. Than I think has. I think if the if if Matthews hadn't got injured and had been dwindling so hard on his offensive production, I think he would be more in the running. And I think if he picks it up over the rest of the year, he could be in the running. Like if you're picking a guy from the Leafs, Matthews would be my pick over Marner overall from a defensive perspective. But I would say that like Alex Barkov is is arguably the most underrated player in the league. Yeah, he's very underrated, and like he has just been silently going about his business and just been crushing it. So he would be my pick for the for the Selkie this year. All right, moving on to the Vesna Trophy, and for me, it's Vasilevsky. I mean, that's an easy pick. Like, How can it not he's, be? He's, he's Stanley been ridiculous. Cup he's a gross goalie. He's ridiculous. Uh, I believe the only challenger that he has is Marc Andre Fleury, who's also been ridiculous. Which is crazy because everyone was like, "Oh well, Robin Leonard." So Rob, Rob, but that's not even that. It's like everyone's like Robin Leonard stole the net from him. No, he didn't. But he did in the playoffs last year. Fla- so did Matt Murray. Look at him now. That's the. And that's what I'm saying. It's crazy. Like Fleury is just like he just keeps doing Fleury. He's timeless. Man. Just flower doing flower because every time he loses an opportunity to someone, he's just like, oh, yeah, watch this. <laughs> like, I mean, there, there's a reason the man went first overall. Straight up. Guy's got three cups, easy Hall of Famer, and, like, he's never won a Vesna, and he's... he's really? Yeah. He did, okay. Because you got to remember, after he won his first two cups, after, after he won his first cup, he had a bunch of years where he was really inconsistent, had a really bunch then of again, bad the, playoffs. The is a hard trophy oh, yeah. to win. But, like, Fleury had a bunch of really bad regular seasons and then bad playoff appearances for a bunch of years until Matt Murray arrived. And then he started to pick it up. And then when he moved to, to Vegas, he played fantastic for a bunch of years. So he has never won a Vesna, and I think this year is probably his best chance. But the fact that like Vasilevsky is just fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But to, to try and have some differentiation here, Flurry's my pick because I think if he keeps up the way he's going, I don't know how because he, he right now he's got better numbers. He's got better goals against average, better save percentage. He just has less wins. But if he keeps going at the pace he's going, I don't know how you can't give it to Flurry. Okay, moving on to the Norris Trophy. That's an easy one. It's Hedman. It's Hedman, but you know who might, might give him a run for his money is Kale McCarr. No, not even close. Might. Nope. 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 I don't agree. Dude, Kale McCarr is gross. I'm not saying Kale McCarr isn't gross. But the simple fact is, is if you look at the stats right now, Kim McCarr is not even first on his team in points as far as defenseman is concerned. And he goes beyond points, my man. I know. 
my point is is that if you look at Victor Hedman, he's second in the league in points and is also the best defenseman on the best team in the league. All right, well, how about this? Then Darnell Nurse needs to be given some love as well. I agree, but he's also still below Hedman in points and not as good a defenseman as points. Yeah, well, Hedman's the easy fucking decision. I'm trying to create some controversy I I understand, but, like, Hedman is the new fucking Lidstrom. He's gross, I know. And the, yeah, like how can you try and take, I can't, I can't. Like you guys got twenty nine points in 23, 29 games. Like he's running at a point per game, playing for the best team in the league, and being their fucking horse back there. The guy plays like twenty nine minutes a game. Like he's like how I, I don't understand how you could try to take the take it away from him. Anyway, uh, the Lady Bing, Lady Bing is tough. I'm going for Mitchie. I think Mitchie's gonna win the Lady Bing, personally. I don't know. That seems like a... A leaf bias? Absolutely. Yeah. So what's a non-leaf bias, Kian? Enlighten me. Uh, I might go back to Barkov. I mean, Bergeron's always in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I mean, Matthews is usually in that conversation as well. Because Matthews does not take very many penalties. No, he's taken a few this year. Yeah, but like you got to think about it on a total perspective. Yeah. Like I think he only has like two or three overall, and his comparison with like how aggressive and involved are you in the pen- in the le- the game versus how many penalties are you taking? Yeah. Oh well, nobody cares about the lady being moved on <laughs> to the Jack Adams, and I don't know how it, it wouldn't. Beat Joel Quinville. Oh, it's easily Joel Quinville. Like, like, there's not even a no. discussion on this one. No, yeah, it's easily Joel Quinville. Like, I, I mean, the guy's a cup champion, a fucking certified beauty. And like the the who like who saw the Panthers doing what they're doing this year? No, nobody. I mean, I thought they I what they're doing. They this always year, had all the pieces there. They could just never. What, put it what they're doing this year is what they th- I thought they would do last year. But Bob decided to say no. Yeah, well, yeah, I've had him in fantasy last year, and he took a big old dump on my fucking fantasy. But okay, Joel Quinnell figured it out, and I, yeah, I don't know how you like. Oh. I, I, I would think Sheldon Keefe is probably in that conversation. Not after this slide, exactly. Well, it depends on how it finishes up the year. Yeah, but Joel Quinnell to me has it right now. Uh, who's your GM of the year? Because I know mine is Kyle Dubas. You have Kyle Dubas, eh? Yeah. If you look at the moves that he's made, they've had the biggest impact on the team. I gotta, I gotta say, Ken Holland. Why? What are the, what are the things that have contributed to that total? Well, there's a variety of things. Uh, one is that he inherited the shit show that was Peter Chiarelli. That was two years ago. Yeah, he's still dealing with that. Yeah, Second like we're, of all, we're talking about this season. What has he done for this season that warrants him being GM of the year? The resurgence of Tyson Berry has been a huge impact on their lineup and being able to become a competitive team in their division rather than being a bottom feeder like they normally are has been huge for them. As far as Edmonton goes, I think he's really turned that entire organization around. And I think he's really created a new outlook Focusing on the talent that is Drysaddle and McDavid, um, so uh, so I mean that that's just my my take on it, and I think that's a huge output. And oh fuck, I'd love for it to be Kyle Dubas, but I I just don't agree because I think because like it, 
the McDavid is what McDavid is doing right now. What McDavid drives out of doom right now would happen under any GM. And any 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 GM in Edmonton would have realized that Tyson Berry would have been a great fit for that team. So he didn't do anything that is extraordinary that is going to that is like taking that team to the next level. They're still just leaning on the fact that McDavid and Dry Sutter are ridiculous. Well because we still know that if they don't score, that team doesn't win. Well, I gotta say that this is the one award that has the biggest asterisks over it because we haven't even got to the trade deadline. Fair. For all we know, there could be some monster trades that drastically true. change our, our opinions here. Absolutely true. So I'll we'll leave it at that, and we'll move on to our buds or dads. I didn't even get to say my point on mine. You were just—it's pretty Kyle. obvious with Kyle Dubas, dude. You, they, he brought in Wayne Simmons. <laughs> all right, fine. I get—I don't even get to speak my point. It's just on to buds or dads. Well. Or kind of running out of time. All right, all right, fine, whatever. That doesn't matter. We can start buds or duds. All right, we're on to our buds or duds of the week. Um, do you want to start on negative or positive? You tell me, man. I started last week. You got this week. Right, we're going to start on the negative, and it's Freddie Anderson. I got no. I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not even going to go deep on an explanation here. No, just ex- simply not. Good no enough. explanation needed. Not good enough. That's it. On to you. Uh, well, you stole my my dud. <laughs> because Freddie Anderson was my dud. But if I'm gonna, you know, keep it as, you know, differentiating the duds, it's got to be Travis Dermott again. Ooh, back to back duds. Is that a first? No, I don't think so. First of the like, first of the like the series. Is that the, is that the first ever back to back duds? I don't think so. I think it is. No, no, no. I Hall. No. Somebody was a back-to-back dad, I feel. The McKayev? Maybe. Somebody was. VC was a, a right. VC was the back-to-back was dad. back-to-back dads. All right. First defenseman back-to-back dad. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but deflecting a goal in on your goalie. He just hasn't been good enough. He, no, he's been shit, yeah. if I'm being quite frank. And I think I would rather see Rasmus Sandin take his spot and that hurts me to say because I've always loved Dermot, but he's just been shit. He, he's not been good lately, so he's my dad. Like, yeah, I mean, more and more it seems like Travis Dermot is going to end up being the guy that's taking the expansion draft. Whatever. That that's what it seems to me, and it's just. Kind I used of... to be bummed about that, but now I'm like, whatever. Yeah. All right. So who's your bud? My bud is going to be. Alex Kerfoot. Alex Kerfoot, eh? From Dud to Bud. He has been a Bud. The guy has just been buzzing. Like I, I've loved his effort, and I'm sad that like as we approach the trade deadline, there's a good chance he ends up getting moved just based off of the money he makes, not based on how he's played. But I've really enjoyed the way he's played lately. I, no matter where you put him, whether he's playing wing, whether he's playing center, he's playing second line, or he's playing third line, he just has been doing what you want out of a player. Has had solid PK time, had blocked shots, just pushes his way through different situations, and I've really enjoyed his game so far, so he's definitely my bud. Fair enough. You know who my bud is? What can I guess? 
<laughs> <laughs> it's Jason Spezza. Oh, that's yeah. All right. I mean, how can I, would I not, not guess that though? <laughs> like recovering two games where he scored in both, and they've just been absolute beauties. And you know, he's but he's the ageless wonder. What a fucking snipe tonight, though. Certified beauty. Like fucking coming in on the dart, but like wide side, and then fucking sniping sort like long wide side. It's ridiculous. But it's uh, it's been a weird couple weeks. Unfortunate that we've had to go down this path, but as Leaf fans, we we knew this was coming. Come on, we all knew that we weren't gonna just go out this whole season without any controversy, without any fucking hardship. It needed to happen, and I'm glad that it's happening now versus happening in the playoffs or happening at the very end of the season, like it has in previous years. So I'm glad that it's happened now. I'm hoping that to win the win tonight helps us kind of build out of this dog shit. And we'll see you again Thursday night after the Leafs beat the Ottawa Senators. But what you should never ever forget is go Leafs. Go.